Okay, today we have a special Mother's Day edition of the show. I have Miss Sharon on today, who is my mother-in-law. So let's talk about your first time becoming a mother. Uh, the first time I became a mom, I was almost 20 years old. Um, I became an unwed mother to my daughter, which was a happy occasion, as well as an occasion that had me to grow up sooner than I needed to or wanted to at that time. Mm -hmm. But it was one of the most joyous moments of my life. Um, It taught me a lot of things. It made me face realities and life and the world at an at an early age because becoming a parent um, at the time was not on my agenda but it was God's plan mm-hmm. so I embraced the moment and embraced the experience and becoming a mom at such a young age to a child the experiences are either going to make you or break you so it's a it's not a disadvantage in life. You take experiences and you make the most of those experiences. You either let it define you or you let it become, uh, how do I want to say that? You either let it define you as a person or as a woman, or Mm -hmm. you take it and you grow and you just, learn to excel and for me it was an acceleration for myself because the circumstances that surrounded my pregnancy and the situation that I had to and the circumstances that I had to endure it was a defining moment for me and I refused to allow um, I won't say a mistake but I refused to allow that experience to be a setback for me in my life Mm-hmm. So I took that as a moment to make sure that me and my child were going to be okay, despite the circumstances and the situation that surrounded my pregnancy, because I had a very supportive family yeah. on my end, but the support that I received otherwise was not quite what it needed to be, nor the acceptance for her. But I never let that stop me. So it inspired me to not have to depend on the system, nor let that moment define me or define my, let my situation define me or who I was going to be or who she was going to be. So when, um, when my child was six months old, mm-hmm. I enrolled in um, an LPN program, an evening program. I worked. Um, so is that something you wanted to do initially? Or yes, is that just something nursing, you said, this is how I can support my child? No, nursing has always been a passion for me. And I'll go back to the experience of when I was, um, I think I was 13 years old. I think it was August of 1981. My um grandmother's um, brother was actually in the hospital and we were visiting him when we were going to purchase um, school clothing and Mm -hmm. he actually um, coded that day um, when we were um, visiting him and at that moment I think I was about 13 years old and it was like I want to be these people the code team that came in the circumstances like I really this is what I really want to do I want to take care of people and I want to help save people even though it was a sad moment that I can remember that defining moment it's like this is what I want to do so no that just solidified at that point like this is what I want to do I already knew prior to that that this is what I wanted to do so after I had Nikki I knew that I needed to be able to have a career to help take care of me and my child. Because as I stated, I didn't want to depend on others, and I definitely did not want to depend on the government system to take care of my child. Yeah, and then also you still was able to be a mother, but still achieve what you wanted to do with your life as well. Yes. Same time. At the same time. And like I stated before, my support system for my parents and my sisters and my grandparents were awesome. Yeah. I mean, they supported me 
tremendously because I worked from 8 to 12. I got off work. I had to come home, change my clothing, and I went to school in the evenings from 3.30 until 10.30, uh, Monday mm-hmm. through Friday. And that was a whole entire year. So I achieved um, my LPN, um, became an LPN, went to state boards, um, actually um, got married, had two other children, um, worked, um, married. Was there ever a point where you were going to school and being a mother to where there were breaking points or points where you didn't know if you were going to be able to? Continue doing it or anything? Not got, got, getting overwhelmed. Anyway. Not not initially because I um, achieved my LPN status while I was still home with my mm-hmm. parents. Um, I didn't get married until after um, I think um, I graduated my LPN program in eighty seven. I didn't get married until eighty nine, and that's when I um, had my second child. Was in eighty nine, had my son, and mm-hmm. got married that same year. We actually had built our first home in '89, and um, so by then you're already working. I'm working as a full as a full time mother LPN. and a nurse. Yes, mm-hmm. and all of the above, and life is good. Yeah, and um, we're chugging along, and um, then shortly after that, two years later in '91, I have my third child. She's a, a girl, mm-hmm. and. Um, Life is good, and I'm working in a full-time role. I'm actually working two jobs because, as I stated, we built a home in 89, and we're both actually were working um, two jobs at the time. And um, I was thankful to God to be able to do the things that I was doing at such an early age. And um, life was good, and I was happy. I was able to provide the things that my children needed, and we circle back around, and I become uh, a single parent. And what age was, was um, this? In 93. Mm-hmm. I did a legal separation from my husband. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I am considered, I consider myself a single parent at that point. But I still have three children that I'm providing for. At this time, how old were um, the kids at this time? Uh, seven four and 18 months okay so I'm a single parent at this point initially again uh, taking care of three children working a full-time job actually working two full-time jobs but all of this is possible by the grace of God and once again I have this awesome support system that's still got my back yeah and so even though I'm working, doing shift work. My mom was um, helping me with my children, making sure that homework and everything was done because at this point I was working a 3 to 11 shift. And without their support, I would not have been able to do this. Yeah. And um, it was just um, by the grace of God that you have these people in life and you have to um, tell people that no matter what obstacles you have, if you got willpower and determination, you can overcome anything that is within your power and that you choose to want to achieve. And that is one of the things that I've always instilled in my children. There's not a can't. There's not, I can't do this. There's not... I know you apply yourself and we can overcome anything, but you Mm -hmm. have to apply yourself. And the one thing that I used to always tell them, don't ever come to me without a problem that you haven't thought of a resolution to. Don't come to me and expect me to solve something if you haven't thought about it. And they will tell you this to this day. Don't go to mama if you haven't thought about something and say, I have a a problem or I have an issue. At least have put forth an effort to think about a solution before you come to me. That way you can give your opinion on it or either you can guide them in Mm -hmm. a different way, but they need to have their own plan. Yeah, because you need to 
to teach your children to be thinkers and critical thinking thinkers. Don't just allow them to go through life without a purpose. Yeah. Because not everybody are born to go to a four-year college or get a four-year degree. And that's where some of us are so wrong today. We think that our children need to follow in our footsteps. People need to allow their children to be their own person. It's okay. I would agree with that. It's okay for your child not to do what you did. We're not all designed the same way. Well, these days and times are so many different uh, outlets and things you can do in life to where some you may have a talent or something that doesn't require a degree. That's you know, you can make it through social media or any type of situation now to where that wasn't available years ago. But that's true. But there's so many other things that you can do because there are so many jobs that don't even require a college degree that these people make more than people that have a four-year degree. Yeah. And but the thing about it is these days you have so many parents and mothers that push their kids to do things and I know we're talking about our Mother's Day edition but I just feel like this is something that is on my my heart today because we as parents our kids feel like they have to live up to our expectations and we put so much pressure on them and I'm going to go there being a a professional in the medical field with mm-hmm. the suicide rate that's so high amongst our our children about having that's just more added pressure on top, on top of being of a them, kid uh, in high school is itself so right. really stressful anyway and and by the time you're that age and even <clears throat> graduating at 18 most people don't know what they want to do right away they don't but just looking at um the news and seeing the suicide rate among our young adults and young children, we put too much pressure on them to be these perfect beings. No one is perfect in life. The only perfect being that walked this earth was Jesus Christ himself. And I just think as a parent, we need to allow our children to to find themselves. Don't put pressure on them to do things that they don't want to do. Allow them to have a voice. Learn to be and to be active listeners when they're talking or want to talk to to us. Yeah. And then you have some parents I feel like that live through their kids. And we can't do that. We can't make up for a lack of something that we didn't do in our adulthood or do in our childhood. Yeah. We just can't do that. Mm-hmm. So what would you say was probably the most difficult being a single mother of three when you were working? <clears throat> Not being able to be at some of their extracurricular activities and yeah. trying to explain to them why I couldn't be there mm-hmm. in the physical being. But I also made sure that whatever they wanted to um, be active in, I made sure that they were able to do these things, but I had to try to make sure that they understood why I could not be present a lot of times because work would not allow me to be present. But once again, I had to make sure that we had the things that we needed and the things that they wanted. So in order for me to do that, I had to work. Yeah. That's that's one of the sacrifices you have. That's that's another reason why I changed the job that I just did. Even though it was only one Saturday a month and closing one night a week, having every weekend and getting off at the same time every day gives me more time with my, my kid mm-hmm. and not having a dad growing up until I was 10 or whatever it was and my stepdad come around. I don't want to be the dad that just worked and provided but, but didn't do the other things with my child that you know, she needed Mm -hmm. because no matter what you provide for them, they're young. They don't understand, but the memories you make and the time you take in with them, they will remember it and it's going to stick with them. Right. Because quality time cannot be bought. It's priceless and you can't get back time. 
time is priceless. You can't get back making memories. That those are things that you cannot make up for. And what Not people what people need to understand is like peace of mind and money at this point in life and the way that the people are and the society that we live in today money's not everything yes money is nice to have because we like nice things we like to go on vacations we like to have things Mm -hmm. but the ultimate price and sacrifice is not worth any money in the world which is the time that you have to spend with your family or being stress-free um It cannot take the place of that. Mm-hmm. And with when COVID happened and everybody was at home, I think it should have opened eyes for a lot of different companies to look at, like, all the time that they have with their family. And I, I think some now would be why the workforce isn't where it needs to be right now and people's not working. They found other places to go or either they realized – Maybe I don't need to be putting in this much time doing this job. And like you said, the money's not as important. And then I feel some people may look at it as they tried to find their own way instead of working for a company. Because for some, I feel like it was hard. Those in fast food or retail, you're working and, you know, putting your life at risk every day. And then there's some people sitting at home drawing money from the government. And they were making more money sitting at home than those hard people, hardworking people were still at work putting their life at risk. That is so very true. Um, it's, um, but you know, I, I just feel like um, doing what I do and being a nurse, a lot of companies and a lot of uh, organizations have not taken off their blinders and they don't have compassion mm-hmm. for people. And it's sad to say, but we now live in a selfish society and it's, um, it's mind-boggling, and it's um, when you go to work and being a frontline employee, mm-hmm. as they call a lot of our professions, like yeah, healthcare workers, healthcare workers, firefighters, um, emergency responders, the whole gamut of us, um, and being so undervalued and underappreciated, mm-hmm. it is eye-opening and mind-boggling. Um, to say the least, but um, it's a lot of um, things that are still very stressful that a lot of us have to deal with in the workforce, and not just in our arena, but um, you're exactly right. And there are people that even um, capitalized on the pandemic and received um, government money that never worked and the realization is that the people that truly needed this money some of them still did not get what they needed to get and they're still in a bad situation now and then now with inflation and everything so much higher because a lot of that money that was given out didn't go back into the economy Mm -mm, it did not but it's hard and i'm gonna move on to saying being a single parent i am thankful and grateful for my support system that I have and had as a single parent. It also allowed me to move forward with my um, career because Mm -hmm. I I finally became a registered nurse in 2005. Um, I now um, have a master's in nursing, um, nursing informatics. I am... um, thankful and grateful um, for my children. Um, They have grown up to be amazing adults, um, and I'm very proud of them, um, of the young people and young adults that they have become. What would you say out of the three, or pick pick all of them, what you're most proud of or their best quality now that they're adults? In each one that you see, um, they're um, the best quality in all three of them. Mm-hmm. Is their I'm gonna be biased because they're my children. Of course, but <laughs> their amazing uh, work ethic that they have, 
Mm-hmm. Um, they're some amazing individuals, and they, uh, my two daughters, are are very uh, compassionate and caring individuals. Not to say that my son is not, but he's still a little rough around the edges <laughs> and needs a little polishing. But he is a very caring and compassionate person. But you have to tug on his heartstrings a little bit harder than you do my girls. Yeah. But they are all three wonderful individuals, and I'm very happy and blessed to have them as my children. And um, they have given me three wonderful granddaughters that are just awesome uh, little divas. And um, I have a, um awesome, wonderful son-in-law that I would not trade. That's me, by the way. <laughs> that I would not trade in for anything or anybody. He is just wonderful and a wonderful addition to our family. Okay, so you, it's Nikki, DJ, and then there's Whitney. Which what is it, his wife, by it, the way. Yeah. So what, it, what would you say is Nikki's best quality? Nikki is um, a wonderful, sharing caring individual um she it takes a lot to get her to the point of being mad Mm -hmm. but she's a wonderful caring person she will do almost anything for anybody um and she's just overall she's a she's a giver and she truly gives and loves from her heart but once you once you break her trust or whatever it's very hard to get back in her good graces yeah okay what was growing up not gonna say bad or worse what was uh maybe something difficult with raising nikki abs absolutely nothing nikki was a a a very good child she's very quiet and uh, very obedient. So no times through middle school, high school, you no. ever had to worry about her any? No. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. With DJ, what's his best quality? <laughs> his best quality, he is um, very, um, hmm, his best quality. Um, my child can be... Um, he can be very um, humble at times, um, and that's been a quality that he has had to work on. But he can be very humble at times um, and very considerate, um, a very considerate person. I think some of that comes with being a man. That you, we we let our pride get in the way sometimes. Uh-huh. But he can. And it's just about, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Making sure you keep that image as a man sometimes, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Be. You may not see it often, but he can be. Oh, I know. Yeah. I definitely know from being around him. He's got mm-hmm. a heart of gold. He does. Once you see it, okay. but not everybody's going to no, see it. Everybody's not going to. So with him growing up, was there anything that worried you or anywhere you, not, like I said, not saying bad, but just to a point to where it was a harder thing to get through or yes dj and i butted heads a lot you think that was just because he was the only boy and being at that time being you being a single mom maybe um we um had a lot of um difficult moments because at some point um i think it was influential related to some of his peers because there was a lot of things that um, his peers were doing that um, he was not allowed to do. So by peers, you mean people he was hanging out with in yes, school? Or uh-huh. just, yeah. And that he was not allowed to do and it wasn't going to fly with no. me. And so um, we just butt- butted heads a lot. Yeah. And so I um, was a disciplinarian and I meant what I said when I said whatever it was that I meant what I said. And like with the baggy, saggy pants, we didn't do that. Yeah. And as you can see today, he does not wear his pants hanging off his butt. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, we didn't. It was just different things. But he already knew that when his mom spoke and said what she said, she meant what she said. And so um, basically he was a little rebellious, <laughs> but that was OK because his mama, even though I'm five, three and he's a whole lot taller than I am, I was up for the challenge. And of course, you've heard some of his stories. <laughs> uh, yes, I have. You've heard some of their stories. <laughs> yes. So I didn't mind because I was ready <laughs> for anything. So what would be Whitney's best quality? <clears throat> Whitney is uh, um, the family comedian, her and her cousin, AJ. But Whitney is um, a, a wonderful uh, person. She is a, uh, a giver. She mm-hmm. is an organizer. She's, a, she's an extrovert. She's a people person. She's just, um, she's um, always been that way. Yeah. Um, but all three of my kids are just wonderful individuals in their own rights. Um, yeah. But um, they are just. So what about with Whitney growing up? <laughs> she had her moments, too. Uh, she and DJ were my two most challenging children. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes. So, yeah, they were. So the same way with him, just butting heads on uh-huh. what they wanted to do when yeah. they were kids. I uh-huh. think we all had those moments, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could pick a moment with all three of y'all throughout y'all's when they were, you know, from high school down, mm-hmm. maybe favorite family moment um, all of y'all had together that you look back on and just, you know, makes you happier. You look at it and go, that was a, a really good time that you'll never forget. <sighs> We had a lot of moments. Um, What's one of the first ones that comes to mind? I'm trying to think. Oh, um, video game. Um, We had, they had gotten a new video game for Christmas, um, one Christmas. Mm -hmm. And um, DJ um, had challenged me to play, uh, and I didn't play video games, Mm -hmm. but um, he had challenged me to play, um, I, I can't remember even remember what game and console it was but anyway he had challenged me to play a video game with him and it was one christmas morning and he was like mommy you can't um you don't know how to play mommy you you're not gonna beat me but in actuality it was comical because like i didn't really know what i was doing but anyway i beat him hands down so it was it was really really funny and nikki and they were like yes (laughs) <laughs> yes. And not only did I beat him once, it was like I beat him twice. <laughs> so he was like, really, Mom? It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. Yeah, that was quite, that was a good moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I've noticed since I've been in the family that it seems like anybody that has a situation where maybe they're going through something or maybe – whether it be a hardship mentally or just a bad situation or maybe financially, whatever, it seems like if everyone in the family's okay or able to help, whoever is struggling or whoever's having the tar- hard time is going to have somebody to lean on or everybody leans on. Was that instilled through your mother or you were the way you were raised or was that something like your generation with you and your sisters and brothers y'all just all made a decision like hey if somebody's not doing so well and the others <laughs> are we're not going to let the other one struggle because i've even noticed it with with whitney and nikki and dj and aj marquise all of them you know if somebody's not in a situation and not one person's got it or not one person can help. They're all going to get together and help that one person however they can. In actuality, um, that was instilled in us growing up. And that came from my grandfather, my mom's dad, mm-hmm. um, who's no longer with us. But my grandfather always instilled in us and so did my mom that as a family, that we needed to stick together and we needed to be able to make sure that we were all okay Mm -hmm. because family is all that you have. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And you need to be able to help each other no matter whether you have little or you have a lot or you have none. Mm-hmm. As a family, you take care of each other and you stick together. You make sure that the next person does not have to struggle or feel like they're alone and that they have nobody to lean on. Because what would it look like if I have everything or I have something and you have nothing, and I know that you're in need. Mm-hmm. And if you profess and say that you love God, and we're supposed to be our brother's keeper, no matter if you're not family, and this extends outside of our family, mm-hmm. because there have been times, and not being a braggart or or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I mean... These are the things or something that we will do for people that are not even family Yeah. if if we're led to. So it's just all about just just being humble and trying to help people. We don't have a lot, mm-hmm. but according to God and his word, you're supposed to help people. Yeah. And, and that's that's just what we do. Yeah. Within and and outside, that that's what you do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> do you feel like uh, it's not appropriate to say this with women, but you being the oldest child out of all of them, do you feel like you're the the one that your generation goes to first, maybe, or everyone rallies around? I'm the rallier because I will send out the text or whatever to put whatever's in motion or whatever a lot of things in motion and they will comply for the most part Mm -hmm. um if i ask for something or say that something needs to be done uh for the most part um yes okay Uh who do you see out of the out of the y'all's kids that's gonna be that Whenever y'all are no longer here, or um, you're no longer here, because even the with Whitney, Nikki, and DJ, Marquise, all of May J, they seem to all go to you. Um, it'll be Whitney or Nikki. Yeah, it'll be Whitney or Nikki. I feel that way too. Because mm-hmm. it's usually a group thing, mm-hmm. like you know, whoever has something going on or has wants to talk about something, they're gonna. Mm-hmm. Talk to both of them at the same time or individually. Mm-hmm. That's going to be Nikki or Whitney. Yep. I can definitely see that. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see it. Yes. And um, that'll be a good thing. But it's like I try to instill these values so that it's passed down and hopefully they keep it going with their children as well. Because, like I said, Family is everything, and instilling true values within your unit and your bloodline, no matter which family member or who has what, just always know that you need to help and share with each other. Well, I feel like y'all do a great job at it because y'all always try to get even though everyone has their own thing going on, especially this year with Sam's graduating and Jeremy's graduating, you know, but y'all always seem to find a way to have something for the family to do at least once a year. Mm -hmm. Somehow y'all pull it off. Mm -hmm. And even like, I hear y'all talk about Mr. Jeremiah a lot and how, how big of a role he was to the family. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when that one person is gone, Mm -hmm. it usually stops. Because in my situation on my mom's side of the family, when my granddad died, it seemed like that's when everything stopped. Mm-hmm. And I love I love my family. It's no, I don't think any of us have hard feelings, and they all have their own things going on in life. But now it doesn't seem like it's even possible to get everybody together. Even if you try, someone's going to last minute back out or... 
I don't want to go that far or there's going to be something to stop it from happening. So for a long time, we didn't have that. My granddad passed away in 2004. Mm -hmm. So after that, it, some of us still would get together, Mm -hmm. you know, and when me and Whitney first got together and going to a lot of y'all's family gatherings and stuff, it was not going to say hard, but you know, I deal with anxiety and stuff anyway. It was just hard to get adjusted to doing it because y'all done it so much. Mm-hmm. I told, and there were some where I didn't come. Reason why I didn't know how to really do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And y'all were just so close, and now it's just natural. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm used to it. Mm-hmm. But at first, it was just like it was. It just wasn't familiar to me anymore because mm-hmm. I didn't. We didn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And when y'all had it, I mean, it was a huge gathering, no matter where where it was and it's not a sense of like i didn't feel welcomed or anything because i always did especially the first time that i had to get together when your dad mr sylvester's six foot whatever he is you know 200 300 pound guy and he takes me in right away you know come back here let's watch sports or whatever that initially right there gives me the feeling like all right i'm gonna be okay if the man of the house pretty much is gonna be okay with it you feel comfortable going in, so. Mm-hmm. But y'all always seem to do really well. Where these days and times, you don't see it anymore. Mm-hmm. And anyone, when they get younger, wants to go do stuff with their friends or do their own thing. But even with the younger ones, Sam being and Jeremy and them too, you know, being the ones that point out, they're still there in all those gatherings too. Mm-hmm. So that says a lot about. You know, how y'all have kept that together because you don't see it much anymore. Yes, Mr. Jeremiah left a legacy and um, he was um, very important to um, all of us. Um, He had an impact on everybody. And if you had met him, you would truly understand. He was a man, one of a kind. Um, Yeah. Just an awesome, awesome, awesome man. And um, just, I mean, there are just no words to. um, And in actuality, with your family, you should try to get together again and try to pick it up. And no matter how many people back out or don't want to come or whatever, just still try to start it up again because... Family matters and family is important. And if they can't come, reschedule it once. And it, for the ones that are not going to come, they're just not going to come. Yeah. And just do do your thing for you and your family mm-hmm. and, and just make it happen. Because my thing is, if you want to come and this is something that's important to you, no matter what, you're going to come. Yeah. And, and that's always been, you know our thing but like today is my uh, grandmother's 90th birthday Mm -hmm. and um we won't actually do the celebration until next saturday because um my nephew um has uh, track meet in gulf shores this weekend but um we're gonna you know uh make whatever we do make it happen um regardless Mm -hmm. we're not going to do the celebration today but we're going to do it next Saturday, of course, at, well, I think it's 1 o'clock. Yeah. But um, we'll make something shake and make something happen. Yeah. But you, if that's something that's important to you and your to you and your family on uh, behalf of the remembrance and the legacy of your grandfather, then you start it back up and you make it shake. And for the ones that want to come, they'll come. And if yeah. they don't, then don't worry about it. Yeah. But, you know. I, I think it's something we'll try again, uh-huh. you know, yeah. and see how it goes. Because but. that's um, that's important because he left a legacy. and Well, it's more or less the uh, with with Hannah and uh-huh. that generation, she don't get to see that side of the family. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, you and know? she needs to know. And yeah. they need to know each other. And, I mean... Like I said, I, I love them. And anytime something happens or and we're needed, they're always there. Mm-hmm. It's just, 
it seems like it's so hard to get everybody together. Mm-hmm. But sometimes. it's like, do it in advance. But we're also spread out a lot mm-hmm. more, too, mm-hmm. now. So that, that could be part of it, too. But let them know in advance. and Yeah, well... Well, we're going to give it a try and see how it goes, and <clears throat> hopefully it'll go well. Like like you said, if not, then we just the ones that want to come, they come, and then. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> so with you and your siblings, y'all, all you, you being a nurse, Chandra's a teacher, and then with Tasha being in the medical field as well, with building and coding, and then with Jerry, the, all the trades he's got and the career he's made for himself, I. What do you what do you use is your dad and your mother part of that when y'all were brought up or do you think that was just all of y'all had that will and drive just to do it anyway? It was a lot. Um <clears throat> I think um it was a combination of, of both mm-hmm. because my mom are always instilled in us to always do better than what they did. Not that they did bad, yeah. but to always she always instilled in us that to do better than what they did. And so that was always a constant, like, you know, when we were growing up and having our conversations. And then her other thing was always make sure that you're able to be independent and take care of yourself Mm -hmm. and not have to depend on a man. And that was, that was, that was another one of her. um, I think Tasha took that to heart more than you and Chandra did. (laughs) (laughs) That was, not true. Yeah. That was um, one of her, her things also added on for her girls was to make sure you were able to take care of yourself and you're not dependent on a man to take care of you. Yeah. So, yeah. But that was um, a lot um, instilled when we were growing up. Yeah. So. So with you being where you are right now in life, what now that your kids are grown and all that, what's your... I guess goals or what it, now you can kind of focus on you more now, even though you got grandchildren, but still what, when you get to this point in life, what, what are you looking at now? I, I have a lot of. Still go- wanting to go back to school or. Initially I did, um, possibly, um, to work on my, um, nurse practitioners, a post master's in uh, family MP. Um, And I had actually started in January of last year Mm. and I stopped. But so that's still a possibility. Um, And that will be the last schooling that I will possibly do. Mm. If I do decide to continue, that will be it for me. But I have a lot of goals. I would love to see the world. But right now we're in the pandemic, and I don't particularly want to go anywhere yeah. uh, at this moment. And, of course, um, there's a lot of uh, instability in our um, world at this moment. Very true. And so I am very hesitant to go outside of the United States at this time. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of on hold. But I would like to do a lot of things in life. I know y'all have talked at one time, maybe opening up something with you and your sisters doing it together. Mm-hmm. Any plans for that or even just what y'all would want to do? Um, we've been talking um, a little bit, uh, Chandra and I have, but I'm not quite sure um, about where we are because in actuality, um, she is to the point where she could actually retire mm-hmm. um, from the school systems. But I think she's going to stay a couple of more years. So we're just kind of bouncing some things around and to see in actuality what would work with the combination of nursing and teaching. So we're just praying and asking God for a manifestation and making something come to fruition. So whatever mm-hmm. he leads us to do, um, then um, we'll hopefully something will come to fruition. Yeah. So what was it like having, uh, watching your kids become parents? How was that experience? It was, um, at first it was surreal Mm -hmm. because, um, 
DJ, well, DJ was um, my first child to make me a grandmother. So that was um, a little different because it was not the same as having my girls become parents because I didn't, I was not able to share in that experience like I was with my girls. Yeah. But um, it was quite um, enlightening with my girls, um, Mm -hmm. especially, um, I want to say, especially Nikki, I think, Mm -hmm. when she uh, called me. That was uh, a conversation for the books mm-hmm. because I was like, what do you expect when she told me yeah. that she was um, going to have a baby? I was like, well, what do you expect? Uh, the way she told me, I was like, what? Well, what did you expect to happen? Yeah. And she was like, well, I'm like, well, I don't know why you're surprised. <laughs> and so yeah so was she was nervous to tell you i guess i just... guess so but she was 27 years old so i don't know why yeah but yeah well nikki's a great mom though. yeah she, she is you know the quality she has that's uh, she's awesome yeah mm-hmm. which whitney is too she uh, is she's, she's awesome she's a great mom and great wife we she... me and hannah couldn't do it without her uh-huh she's i tell awesome. her all the time she is and her and her pregnancy was just awesome she was um had everybody cooking everything i think i don't know how many times she ate breakfast in the mornings Um, or i haven't eaten much today when you are on your way home can you grab (laughs) burger king or something like that Hmm. mm. i'm pretty sure miss mary and everybody around you is not letting you go without uh no because how many times does she eat she eat breakfast in the mornings because I think you would fix her something before you went to work. Sometimes. It, it wasn't as much. Because uh-huh. And then Mama would cook, and then she'd have breakfast delivered and yep. lunch, and Mama would cook lunch. and I, pr- I really think that's why Hannah's such a breakfast person now, because that's her favorite thing to eat. It's breakfast. Yeah, that's what, honestly, me being a dad is one of my favorite moments. It's cooking it's breakfast. It's cooking breakfast on the weekends for them. I don't, I don't know why, but it just is. I like to cook anyway, but, I know. but just the, you know, you wake up and it's like, Daddy, I want pancakes and bacon or what is, I don't know. Uh-huh. But she used to eat, I don't know how many times a day. And then I would talk to her on the phone numerous times. She would call me, Mama, um, I need, uh, Mama, can you, my, what? Oh, yeah. When she was really good at using it to her advantage. Yeah. Get mad if you want to. But you were. And that's where Hannah gets it from now. <laughs> Papa, I want this. Papa, I want that. Gigi, I want that. Momo, I want that. <sighs> that comes directly from her mother. Okay. Because they're both spoiled. Okay. And it's like, <laughs> what? <clears throat> Can you go to Cracker Barrel? Can you get me this? Can you? What? It was a... Uh, she was, uh, I mess with her about it, but she wasn't, the pregnancy wasn't bad. Like she wasn't a, I don't know how you put it, a psycho, you know, pregnant woman and going crazy or anything like that. I never told her, but it was just scary for me because of the trouble and how hard it was for us to have a kid. And just, that's what makes it, I'd lo- I don't mind having another kid. I'd like to have another kid. The scariest part which she's going to know now and listen to this is watching her go through it. Mm-hmm. And you don't know once she's in the hospital and having, you don't, there's too many uncertainties. You don't know what could happen and if she's going to make it. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's just hard to watch. And I think a lot of husbands go through that, but the, we don't never say it. Mm hmm. Not to not to our wives. Like we, I've got other friends, and we've talked about it. This has kids. Like mm-hmm. they feel the same way, mm-hmm. and they're you know, no, there's nothing don't. you can do, Mm-mm. but just pray and just hope mm-hmm. and have faith goes. that everything's going to be okay. Uh-huh. But yep, because there was a couple of scary moments. Yeah, yeah. even with her delivery, uh-huh. it was uh, yeah, it was scary. So yeah. And then they realized that I was a nurse. 
and yep. they started to move differently. Yeah, and that <laughs> it's it's so unfortunate that it's like that. Mm-hmm. You know, when people think oh they don't know what's going on and all this, but you never know what another person knows or what they do for mm-hmm. until you ask questions. Mm-hmm. So there's no telling how many people have gone through that where people's just halfway in their stuff through it mm-hmm. or maybe don't know and they don't want to look unprofessional and go and ask, like, hey, is this right or is this wrong? You mm-hmm. have someone that their life's in your hands. You need to do everything mm-hmm. you can. But, I mean, that day the look on her face was priceless because she was like, uh, are you a nurse? I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And so then her whole movements and demeanor just did a whole 360. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, girl, I know what you're doing. Yeah. So we need you to step your game up. But we can say she come out of it fine. Mm-hmm. Whitney recovered fine. And we've been very blessed. Hannah hadn't even, never really even been sick Mm-mm. other than a normal allergies Mm -hmm. so we've been very blessed in that area Mm -hmm. and i really don't know what's gonna happen to whitney when she actually gets sick sick i mean i'm gonna worry too but i feel like whitney's gonna go off the rails she will and not looking forward to that happening (laughs) Uh, no and the pre-k experience i can't wait what's the start date is it august Uh, 9th I, i believe so uh-huh. I'm nervous for that, I think, more than Whitney is. Are you? Well, I I moved around a lot when I was younger, so always going to being the new kid in school uh-huh. and not knowing if you're going to fit in, not knowing if you're going to make friends was always, I think maybe that's even where why I have anxiety today mm-hmm. was it started then. I think mine was induced by that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, if I if I didn't want to go or if I didn't feel uncomfortable, my mom wouldn't. It ain't like she'd force me to go. Mm-hmm. It's just when you move that much, mm-hmm. you know, her being a single mom, she had to do what she had to do. Mm-hmm. But not knowing if you're gonna fit in or if you're gonna make friends and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, it it was it was nerve wracking. And as a kid, when you're that young, you don't really know how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think- but w- w- I'm. I'm not worried that Hannah's going to deal with that because she don't meet strangers and she loves to talk to people. So I think she's going to be fine. It's just that's my own anxiety coming back from my experience. Mm -hmm. Like, I want her to make friends. And there's going to be times when she's in school that, you know, there's going to be disagreements or there's somebody's going to be – there's going to be a bully. You're going to run into all that stuff. So as a parent, you don't look forward to seeing that even Mm -hmm. though you know it's coming. Mm -hmm. So – but I think, I think we'll be fine. She will be. Yeah. Because I think. I think Whitney will be emotional. She's going to say she's not, but I think she will because Hannah is a mommy's girl more than anything. She's coming around now more to let me do stuff for being more of a daddy's girl now, but. And I think that come from us just trying so hard to have a kid. Once we we had him, Whitney wasn't going to let her go. No. And that's why now it's like, I want mommy, I want mommy. Uh-huh. And that's where I feel like when 3K starts, that's where hopefully we don't have a moment where she has to go get her because she wants to be with her mom instead of over there with the teacher. <laughs> so yes. it's going to be an experience. A very enlightening eye-opening experience yeah and Whitney is going to cry when Sam leaves oh agreed and her move-in day is August the 8th yeah and Hannah's going to be sad also I'm gonna hate to see her go too though because ever since me and Whitney started dating like Sam whenever Sam even made the comment last night I went everywhere with y'all and then y'all just dropped me (laughs) So she was almost like the the little sister-like deal before we had a child. So then when I even look at it that way now, she's almost like the little uh-huh. sister you never had or the child you never had. Because yes. I guess with 
us being the younger couple and married as soon as she has a disagreement with Chandra or her dad with Nick or something that you're not going to do this. Here she comes knocking on the door. Knocking on the door. Come. My mother said, I couldn't do this. Or my dad said, I'm not going to do this. And we have to tell her like, you may want to go do that, but you don't need to be out that late at night. And you mm-hmm. don't know what those, that group of people is going to be doing mm-hmm. and you're going to be guilty by association mm-hmm. and you're going to understand that one day but right now you can be mad and rebel and sit on our couch okay. and then go back home after you get over it <laughs> <laughs> and that is not what she wanted to hear no but at the same time you can tell she knows mm-hmm. she but knows. she just wants to go somewhere to vent because mm-hmm. yeah. we all know when Mr. Minor finally says, enough's enough. We know what that It's means. time for her to go. Uh-huh. She knows it ain't no more debating. There ain't no more crying about it. Uh-huh. Nick said, no, he guess has spoken. what? Bye. And that's the end of that conversation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> see. We need another topic to go on. I guess we can go back to with being... How different is it with having your grandchildren? Like everybody always says when they become a grandparent, it's so much different than being a parent. It is. What is the difference? You're a lot more lenient. Oh, yeah, we know that. <laughs> I, I'm not whooping that child. I'm not doing that. Y'all don't do that. But when, from the stories I've been told, drill sergeant over here, put everybody in line but now it's like no we we're a lot more lenient with our grandchildren than we are with our children very all of y'all very much so it's like no we're not no we're not going to we baby and pet them and they literally get away with murder and everything then you get to have them for a night, and then you can send them home. Yeah, that's them all the, the time. beauty. They're not here twenty four seven. And then you just get to spoil them and buy them things and send them home. So with Whitney being your youngest, and she's the only one married out of them, not knocking the other ones. How how was that seeing the baby be married and living you know it with was, her spouse and all that i was first. very um very happy um and um very proud mm-hmm. of, of of you and her um union and it's um, been a blessing to see you all grow mm-hmm. and maintain your union and i'm just happy just very proud of you all and just um know you all had some growing pains but yeah. Just wonderful um, that you have um, withstand the test of time, and just thankful yeah. for you um, being who you are and being the man that you are, and taking care of your girls. And, yeah, and just that. Well, that it. means a lot. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, we definitely had on both of us. Mm-hmm. You know. Growing pains, and I think a lot when my dad was uh, sick, me dealing with it with other ways, with Mm -hmm. having people there and wanting to drink and not think about it because I didn't want to accept. I never had to deal with someone being younger and passing away. Mm -hmm. It was always a grandparent or Uh, somebody very old. And then him being my stepdad, he was pretty much the only dad I had. Mm -hmm. And when you see someone that's always moving and going, kind of like, with Frank, he never sits down. He's always doing something. Mm-hmm. Then watching him stop, it was uh, very hard to do or to accept. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Always. But I feel like now, not the, like uh, when someone else passes away, it's still hard. But at the same time, it's not as, uh, I know how to process it, I guess, now. Mm-hmm. Because not maybe a year after it. My uncle, uh, Jimmy, when he passed away, he was the father figure I had before my stepdad. Mm -hmm. And it was hard, but I feel like if I wouldn't have had my dad pass before him, I would have been a lot worse Mm -hmm. processing Mm -hmm. it than 
I would, you know. Yeah. So. Because death and dying is never easy. Even if it's something that you're expecting, it's still hard to process. And that's something that we'll never quite understand or be easy to to process because Mm -hmm. simply because we won't. Yeah. But that all comes with, you know, growing in life, life experiences. It's not it's not a test. You, you, you know, you're given it. You you don't really get the pass. You just know how to deal with mm-hmm. it. Or it helps you to know different avenues you can take or, like you know, mm-hmm. certain situations in life. Yeah. So. Learn to deal and learn to cope. Because mm-hmm. life is a test. And we all have tests that become testimonies. Very true. At least we're supposed to. <laughs> because sometimes you wonder about people that, that that wander through life aimlessly and never find their purpose. In, in, in one way, I almost envy some people like that to where they can live so mindless or carefree and not care about something because I'm one of the types that's always thinking on the next move or just always constantly have something on my mind whether it be something serious or not Uh and sometimes I wish I could just cut it off but I can't it's just how I'm built you can't but I mean it's like (laughs) to a certain point you I don't know because to a certain point, yeah, I, I want to shut shut off sometimes, but I, I wouldn't want to shut off like that all the time. No, I definitely wouldn't want to be that way all the time. It's just being able to do it for a day or just in certain situations. But it's like, but to be on that level all the time and it's like, you don't even know, like you've lived your whole entire life and you never found your purpose yeah. for being. It's like that would just be, I would just be bamboozled or it would be mind boggling. Yeah, like you haven't fulfilled your life. Or right. It's you're like not or you living. don't have you don't have a purpose or it's like, what have you what have you done? Like, what have you accomplished? What have what have you contributed to the world? Mm-hmm. Like, what have Because it's like, well. I almost wonder sometimes if people are born that way or if it's their childhood and life experiences that brings them to that point. I don't know because I, I, I've, I've thought about that a couple of times because there are a couple of people. Anytime I see a homeless person walking down the road or just whatever, Every time I see someone like that, I look at them and immediately think, like, how did they grow up? Or what were their circumstances? Yeah. Like, did they grow up in a loving household and all that, and then something bad happened, and then made, then they got to that point? Or did they have a terrible childhood where they were abused or anything like that? And, you know, mental health, is it that? Mm-hmm. Because mental health still to this day is not where it should be the mm-hmm. awareness for it. Oh no. Mm-mm. And a lot of it is based around mental health and addiction. Mhm. Yeah. Especially with the homeless population. And with addiction like some um some people are they using drugs to get those the bad childhood out of their head or something that traumatic something happened to them. And like with uh Ben that I had on the podcast to me when I first met him and hung out with him in in high school he was it was cool to be around someone like him he had a different way of thinking or way he processed stuff and he mm-hmm. was just a different type of person it was always really appealing to me then after talking to him on the podcast he felt different and some of his addiction was that he when he was doing whatever his choice was he felt like everyone else, or he didn't feel awkward anymore. Mm-hmm. And to me, that part about him is what made him such a interesting and cool person to be around. Mm-hmm. It's That's just mind-boggling to me. Mm-hmm. Because we're all built different the way we think and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. 
you know. And that's what that's what makes us unique as people. Mm-hmm. And um, but it, it's just mind-boggling, though. Like I said, for you to be like, and I'm I'm just like people in their sixties and seventies. You have never found your way or found your purpose in life. Mm-hmm. And it's like. And you're just living vicariously through whatever and, and just going day to day. And it's like, and then sometimes you feel like that life owes you something, but in actuality. No. No, they, it doesn't. It's your choice to get up and uh, make opportunities or make right. situations in your and life. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, so I, I just, I don't know. I just... I wonder and I, I worry, not what so much as worry, but I just wonder about those type of people. It's like, okay, because, you know, um, one day you're not going to be here. Mm-hmm. So it's like, have you ever thought about that? It's like when you're gone, what what are people going to say or what are people going to think mm-hmm. about you? And then there's some people that just blame certain situations on, on, you know, in life, like the reason they don't have things or, you know, I'm praying and doing this. It's good to pray. I'm not saying it's not. But at the same time, you got to meet God halfway. He gave you tools to use. You need to use them Mm -hmm. and meet him halfway. Because when you when you go home, when you go to heaven, don't you want to be able to look and say, I used everything you gave me and done the best I could with them. Instead of just, I never even tried. Right. It's like, okay, I'm waiting. You're waiting, but what did you do? Mm Mm-hmm. What are you waiting on? Some people just, mm, mm-hmm. That that probably comes down to willpower and just, you know, your ability to want things in life or, like you said, find your purpose. Okay. And it's like, because we all have one. Mm Mm-hmm. We're all his children. We all have a purpose. Yep. And all we have to do is ask him, and he'll show it to us. Yep. Well, I appreciate you doing the show. I'm not going to drag it out too long because I know you have things you want to do today, and then we have Jade coming over today, so having her and Hannah run around is going to be a fun-filled day. Well, on that note, we will end with Proverbs 31 through 10 and 31, where we're talking about the virtuous woman. So to all of our listening audience and for all the mothers for tomorrow, Mm -hmm. have a happy and blessed Mother's Day. Thank you for doing it. Very welcome.